0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.
1: But first, huge breaking political news. Two years after the COVID-19 pandemic threw cold water on the Democratic National Convention. It looks like the 2024 Republican National Convention is coming to Milwaukee. Milwaukee is getting a second chance. This is truly one of the most incredible announcements that I've been able to make in my lifetime. This isn't about a Democratic uh, position or Republican position, this is about a business position. A partisan convention with an economic injection. Giving a much needed boost to Milwaukee businesses who serve Democrats, Republicans and independents alike. This allows Milwaukee to reimagine the hospitality industry for this state. 45,000 Republicans are expected to come to a city run by Democrats, including the mayor, who fought to make it happen. I want the economic benefits. I want the convention. I want the visitors. I want the attention of the world to be right here on Milwaukee. From the Fox 6 studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson and I'm joined by Fox 6 political reporter Jason Calvey. Hi, Jason.
2: Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me on.
1: We are recording this podcast or this episode on Thursday, July 21st. And we're still a couple of weeks away from the Republican National Committee making an official decision on where to hold its 2024 party convention but the site selection committee has now officially recommended that that place be Milwaukee Jason this feels like a deal that is all but done right right
2: exactly i mean the site selection committee that's that's the panel that the rnc has tasked with this mission to visit and research and discuss and, and really think through all of the logistics i mean talking about hotels venues we're talking about security plans talking about uh, what 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 the state has politically going on so there's so much that goes into the decision making and and this panel the site selection committee of the RNC has recommended that the that the RNC pick Milwaukee that the that the 2024 convention be held right here in the Cream City. And so, yeah, it is pretty much a done deal, but the final the final decision will be with the 168 members of the Republican National Committee who will be meeting in the first week of August in Chicago. They'll be the ones that will sign off, and then it will go to the chairwoman, McDaniel, and then she'll have final s- sign-off to... Uh, to pick Milwaukee, but it seems a pretty done deal. And it would be very, very exceptional if they decided last minute to go with another city after all of the research to to, to go, that went into this decision, this recommendation.
1: Jason, if you step back to the DNC, when it was announced that it was coming to Milwaukee, you had a longtime Democrat mayor, Tom Barrett, who was at the helm of the city at that time. And, and there were a lot of Democratic politicians very proud and excited to bring That uh, convention to Milwaukee this time around, you have a little bit of a mix of a bipartisan mix of those who are pushing to bring it here because you have a Democrat mayor, you have a lot of Democrat politicians who see the benefit, the economic benefit of this, but they're calling for bringing a Republican convention to town. Can you talk a little bit about the bipartisan nature of the effort to recruit this convention and uh, you know uh, what that did for for bringing it here.
2: Yeah, so you could see. I mean, Mayor Kevlar Johnson. But it went went back before that because Mayor Barrett was was a proponent of this. Even I remember when we were at the twenty twenty convention, and that was remember the DNC, the Democratic National Convention, was supposed to be held. In Milwaukee, we're expecting 50,000 people, we're expecting hundreds of millions of dollars to be infused into the local economy because of all the, the visitors, the money, the hotels, the restaurants, the bars, the parties. Uh, taxi drivers. I mean, everybody was going to be making money with that 2020 convention, but then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and that convention went mostly virtual. Now, there were still some elements of the DNC in Milwaukee, like the control room. There were some speakers that spoke at the uh, convention center in Milwaukee, but that big convention that was expected really fizzled. And even the the acceptance speeches of the nominees at that time, uh, Biden and Harris, uh, those were actually not not delivered in Milwaukee, they were delivered in Delaware. So there was a heartbreak, I would say, in the city. But when we spoke to Mayor Tom Barrett at the time, at the end of that uh, convention in 2020, he said, hey, I'm gonna leave the lights on for the DNC or the RNC or whoever wants to come to Milwaukee. They they wanna bring whoever wants to come here, here. And so both in 2024, uh, for the 2024 convention, we saw both the Democrats and the Republicans actually asking Milwaukee to put together a bid to host one of both of, or both of those conventions. So uh, back in December, that was still under Mayor Barrett. You saw the city make a formal, Uh, a formal bid to host the Republican convention. And that led then to uh, site visits with the site selection committee. The chairwoman came to town and they wind in dying these people. They brought them to the the fanciest restaurants. They brought them to all of the different venues that could potentially be hosting the events tied in with this convention. That includes Pfizer Forum. That would be the big convention site where where the nomination speeches would be given, where where the delegates would be meeting and and debating and, and approving of the platform and things like that would be at Pfizer Forum. So the the site selection committee, they visited that site. They visited uh, American Family Field. They they, they wanted to get a sense for all of the different places that could host the grand old party as the GOP is called uh,
1: in Milwaukee. I I think about some of the divisive issues uh, politically that the country is facing today. Obviously, abortion is a big one right now since the overturning of Roe v. Wade voting rights. You could go, the list goes on and on. to think that there are such strong divisions in this country, and we know in this state of Wisconsin, is one of the reasons Wisconsin's a battleground state. And yet, you have people who have such such vastly different political views saying we still want forty five thousand of the people of your party to come to our city. That says a lot, I think. Don't you think about about the 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 value of that economic impact? Did you hear along the way though about any sort of dissenters? Was there anyone saying you know what we 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 just can't bring the GOP here?
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. And actually back in, you know, so I mean, pretty much since the spring, since since the site selection committee came in February, it was beginning to look. We were hearing rumblings from uh, people that were part of the tour here in Milwaukee that the, the site selection committee really, really liked the visit to Milwaukee. They were really impressed with Mayor Cavalier-Johnson, Cav- uh, Cavalier-Johnson. Uh, came to uh, came to a dinner that they had and a reception and he he spoke to the to the site selection committee members and and really pitched Milwaukee. I mean that's one of the things about this mayor is when you hear him speak. I mean he, he definitely sees himself as a, a cheerleader for Milwaukee and, and 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 he sold the city to the Republicans and said, listen, this is the place you want to be. Here's why and he kind of laid out that argument and has been really, I would say hospitable uh, to the idea of bringing the Republicans here. So so that's one perspective from, from sort of Democrats and, and from people maybe on, on more of the progressive side of things. But uh, there was a, a group back in, uh, I believe it was in the spring, and, and they uh, they were asking the mayor and they were asking the city to really say absolutely no to the Republican Party coming here. Um, that included uh, uh, groups like uh, Voces de la Frontera uh, and, and other groups in, in the Wisconsin and in, in Milwaukee area who, who were just trying to urge the city to say no to hosting hosting the RNC and one of the things that they brought up in their letter to city leaders was they they were um, they pretty much said that Republicans were an extremist party and that the city shouldn't put out the red carpet for for um, for that party however I asked you know I did ask the mayor about this uh, this Friday when he celebrated the fact that the site selection committee had recommended Milwaukee. And I, I said, well, what do you say, Mayor, uh, to those who disagree with you that that are from their Democratic side and, and say that the city should not put out the red carpet uh, to Republicans? And, and he said, listen, uh, this is, and, he, and this is what, what he always has said in the past, was that this is not a red issue or a blue issue. This is a green issue. This is all for Mayor Johnson is all about uh, the the economic impact that's going to come to the city it's going to you know it's going to put Milwaukee on a world stage people you know 15,000 journalists are going to descend on the city and they're going to be telling stories in this city, they're gonna get a good taste for Milwaukee and Wisconsin and all that we have, well, you know, our great food and uh, our, our drinks that we're so proud of, but, but just the people and the culture, uh, they're gonna get a taste of that. They're gonna go back to their newsrooms uh, all across the country and all across the world, and they're gonna remember, wow, Milwaukee was a really cool place. And so that's the vision that people like Cavalier Johnson and Visit Milwaukee have for this convention, that it's gonna bring those eyes of the world focusing for a week on, on Milwaukee and that can only be good in his eyes. Now, there are others who are worried about protests and security and, and things like that. And, and, and you know, when you have a national political convention, it, it is considered you know, the Homeland Security, the United States Department of Homeland Security deems those conventions a, a special national security event which entails the Secret Service getting involved. Federal agents from around the country will be descending on, on this to protect it. You know, there'll be a huge um, barrier fence, fencing up uh, to, to protect the the actual convention sites and things like that. There'll be background checks, Secret Service background checks for everybody going inside. Um, so it is very intensive. The security is very intensive. And that's kind of, you know, the arguments that uh, that, the the city leaders have have brought up is that this will be a very safe convention. Yeah, there there will likely be protesters just based on where we are right now as a
1: society. We know that Milwaukee wasn't the only finalist here. Obviously, the final two cities really under consideration, Milwaukee and Nashville. And we know that those security issues were one of the things that uh, were seen as a red flag for some uh, in in Nashville. Can you talk about why Nashville sort of uh, pulled back on its efforts to bring the convention there?
2: Yeah, and you, can, you really can see the tale of two cities here because with Milwaukee, the, what happens before uh, the site selection committee makes their final recommendation is that uh, the, the finalists agree to a rough framework. So uh, what, what, what this means is that the RNC wants to have in writing, signed by the city leaders, that if that city is picked, whether it's Milwaukee or Nashville, which were the two finalists, that you know X, Y, and Z would take place and that they, that they would agree, both parties would agree to do things like lay out the security plan and all of that. It's all in this document called a rough, rough, rough framework. Uh, Milwaukee's common council unanimously approved that rough framework. Uh, Mayor Cavalier Johnson within hours of the common council unanimously passing that framework, he had a, a press event and signed it in public in the rotunda of, the, of City Hall. Uh, so it was really a public event hours after, it, that was Milwaukee. That's the tale of the first city. Tale of the second city is Nashville, where they have a, a common count, They have a city council, county county council combined. It's it's uh, Nashville Davidson County, uh, and that commission, that committee, or that uh, council could not they did not agree to this uh, framework agreement, so they, they rejected it, they did not agree to it, and uh, you know some of the things that we heard from the council members down there in, in Nashville were, for example, a councilman uh, John Rutherford, I have a tweet that he that he sent out and, and he said, listen uh, uh, i don 't want either party 's convention coming to Nashville uh, due to the current political climate and the risk of unrest so you know that was some of the things that we heard in Nashville was the worry about security about about uh, bringing uh, a national convention there. Now, of course, other people in this uh, in Tennessee were very upset with the Nashville Council. They wanted to see the Republicans come come to come to their state, um, but at the end of the day, the the city and county could not agree with the Republicans, and therefore they were pretty much out of the running, even though Republicans. Said well, we're going to keep the door open if they later want to agree to that framework. But at the end of the day, they didn't agree to that framework. And at the end of the day, the site selection committee was left with really one strong offer, which was Milwaukee unanimously agreeing to that framework and Nashville saying no thanks. And so, at the end of the day, they picked Milwaukee. Now, this whole process was you know a year long process in the making here to get to this point, uh, and there were many other cities that were invited to uh, to apply for this. Uh, this role of hosting the 2024 convention but at the end of the day,
1: it looks like it's going to be coming right here to Milwaukee. This is one convention. Obviously, it's a really big one. We just had the Milwaukee Bucks uh, make their run to the NBA championship, which really exposed the world to this brand new thing called the Deer District. And people saw what a success that was. Um, We've seen so much development in downtown Milwaukee in recent years. The Deer District has emerged. There's going to be a newly expanded convention center by the time this convention comes around. There's a lot that's happening in Milwaukee. And I know Peggy Williams-Smith with Visit Milwaukee has talked a lot about sort of what this means for the future of the city in terms of being and and the mayor has said again I want this to be a convention city I want this to be a place that the world looks at and says we want to hold our convention there how much could this do for the future of conventions and tourism in Milwaukee and exactly and that's what Peggy that's that's what visit Milwaukee
2: has been has been saying is that this will when you have 15,000 journalists coming to the city they're going to Again they're gonna, they're gonna have the red carpet thrown for the thrown uh, put out for them as well and they're gonna they're gonna have all of the best I mean think about what what if you were to have visitors come in from uh, you know family from Chicago or St. Louis or, or wherever your family is. Uh, where would you take them you might you might they might have to have they have to have cheese curds right they have to have some sausage they have to have uh some of our our local brews i'm imagining um all of that's going to be out on full display for these journalists they're going to have a great time they're going to see the beautiful lake michigan they're going to see all these developments and you mentioned the expansion of the wisconsin center that's our our big convention site uh that conven that expanded convention center is going to be finished in 2024 just right before this convention starts um, and, and, uh, and, and again, all the fun. I mean, the whole world saw how much fun people were having in the Deer District. Something uh, you know, so incredible to see them winning the championship but also to see not just that it was confined to that one building but that it expanded to the streets out front. And, and uh, all of that is going to be, I think, some of the selling points for the city moving forward. Uh, Peggy uh, Peggy also had mentioned that uh, you know, in Cleveland, after Cleveland, uh, hosted the Republican convention in 2016, uh, that they saw really a flood of bookings for future conventions in that city. And that's what she's really hoping will happen here in Milwaukee is that people will see how fun, exciting, how youthful and, and how energetic uh, Milwaukee is right now. And, uh, and then they'll say, hey, well, why don't we have our convention there? They have great hotels, they have great restaurants. Uh, it's fun, people will love the water.
1: Uh, why don't we do it in Milwaukee? Well, and, and what a time of year. That's the thing. The convention will be a summertime convention, and if there's ever a time to be in Milwaukee and find out all the city has to offer, and Southeast Wisconsin has to offer, uh, that's the time. I I, I raise Southeast Wisconsin, though, because obviously the city of Milwaukee has a certain capacity, but from what I understand, the suburbs are going to be needed here to, to host 45,000 people, including all those journalists and delegates and everybody else. Uh, this is going to require not just the city of Milwaukee, but the suburbs as well, right? Oh, it, yes. And, and not only the suburbs,
2: but I mean, we are talking about when when, when the Democrats were planning their convention, we were talking about hotel bookings, all the way to Madison and, and down, you know, past Racine and Kenosha into the Illinois border down there. So, uh, yes, they're going to tap all of the hotel rooms in the area. And this is not just going to be a Milwaukee thing. This is when we talk about that potential for a $200 million economic boom for, for it's really for the whole region. Um, so there's people that are looking at, at having events in Madison and there's people looking at having, you know, so there will be uh, if, if, if this still goes forward and it, it looks very likely that the full RNC meeting in August is going to approve Milwaukee for this 2024 convention, that people across this region, not just Milwaukee, but not just the suburbs as well, but Racine and Kenosha and Madison as well, could see a big economic boom because of this uh, 2024 convention.
1: Jason, last thing I'll ask you on this before we go off the record, and that is. Obviously, the Republicans are picking Milwaukee not just because it seems like a great welcoming host city, but because the state of Wisconsin is a battleground state and it's one that is necessary or seen as necessary on the road to winning the presidency. We heard actually Paul Farrow, the Waukesha County executive, uh, yesterday saying that, yeah, you know, we're looking forward to coming here and, and, and helping elect a Republican get a Republican back into the White House and that's of course for those who are not supportive of the Republican party they would say well well that's the danger of bringing it here is is this the key to getting it how important is Wisconsin in that, that race to the presidency and, and how important is the selection of the site of a convention toward uh tipping the scales
2: well first point is is the importance of Wisconsin and you know it's said it, it might even be a cliche but it's a pretty valid, it's something that I would be very comfortable saying. And that is the road to the White House runs through Wisconsin. We have seen in recent presidential elections that that this state has been decided by less than one percentage point. So we're looking at both in 2016 and in 2020, the elections decided by about 20,000 votes. I mean, that is a small, small, Percentage. I mean, and everything can help, right? So uh, anything can help tip the scales when thing, when the margin is that close. So the idea of having a you know positive event where you've got people speaking in your in your state and in your city and kind of focusing all the attention on, on Wisconsin, it could be seen as maybe that could actually help tip the scales to the Republicans potentially. But when you look at, at history, uh, these conventions, there may be a convention bounce right afterwards, but. As far as winning the state, uh, it, it's not necessarily going to guarantee that uh, one party or the other is going to, going to win the state. I mean, we can look back at uh, you know 2020, uh, 2016 convention for uh, for Hillary Clinton uh, in in Philadelphia. Donald Trump won Pennsylvania, right? So uh, I mean that's just one example, but but there there are there are scholars out there that have looked at this issue, and uh, and it it, it there's. Pretty much some skepticism here that there's gonna be a huge bounce based on a convention, but when Wisconsin is a smaller state and the margins are so close, who knows? It could tip the scales, anything could tip the scales, and all that media attention won't hurt either maybe if, if, uh, if the speakers are able to, to, to have their opportunity to speak, but then there'll also be protesters as well that could water down uh, that message that's being shared at the nightly uh, speeches at the con- on the convention floor.
1: I think we could say for sure, barring something like uh, another, you know, pandemic, uh, this thing, if it happens... One thing it will tip the scales on is obviously the economic fortunes of southeastern Wisconsin.
2: That's right. And and that that quote, you know, it's not a red issue. It's not a blue issue. It's a green issue from what the mayor's always said. Uh, That's, that's what, that's what they're pushing. There's still concern. I mean, there's still people uh, in, in Wisconsin that do not want to see this come here. They're worried about protests they're worried about unrest. And, you know, we live in a very divisive time. Politics has only gotten messier and messier nationwide in recent years. And so there are worries Um, We'll see what happens, but the city leaders are confident at this point that they'll be able to have a very safe convention in 2024.
1: And it is time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual, have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And of course, here to ask us that question is executive producer Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Hi, guys. So before we have Sarah ask that question, we do want to talk to Jason about one thing because I-, I meant to ask you about this earlier, Jason, but I-, I have to ask now. We're recording this on Thursday, the 21st. Yesterday, you went and had quite an experience flying with the Blue Angels. I have to know what that's like. That just sounds incredible.
2: It was the wildest thing of my life. I mean, it's, I I have to be honest. It was going into it. It was, I was pretty nervous. Maybe you could say a little scared, but uh, they run you through about an hour long safety briefing beforehand. And so uh, the the flight one of the f- flight chiefs he he kind of gives you um, the the practices uh, of how to survive uh, how to pretty much how not to black out because what happens when you're in the aircraft uh, when you're in that jet is you're you're doing these high paced maneuvers and you're you're accelerating so quickly in gravity uh, it, it, it it's called the G's so we we meet, we met uh, we we pulled seven point four G's the max of that plane is a 7.5.
1: 7.4 G's
0: <laughs> that's crazy so I just out hearing
2: that. Uh, so what does that mean? Seven point four Gs would feel like you know I feel like I'm about thirteen hundred pounds at that point, point. Uh, and so it's it just absolutely incredible. And and when when you're when you're in the middle of that, at one point you I really started um, like losing. Losing vision, you know, because the blood's moving out to the extremities. And uh, so, but they do teach you this technique to uh, you pretty much strain your entire body. you're you're tensing up from your toes all the way up to your head, and you're uh, you're you know like pretty much if you've done deadlifts or squats, I mean, you feel it throughout your entire body. You're just squeezing really, really tightly. And then you're also breathing. There's a breathing maneuver that you do where you breathe in. you hold it for, uh, three seconds or so, and then you, you push it out. And that, that technique is what keeps you from blacking out, uh, keeps that blood flowing to the brain. So I, I, I did not black out. Uh, you can watch YouTube videos of some of our, uh, colleagues from the Milwaukee market in past runs who have potentially blacked out. Uh, but, uh, but no, I did not vomit. black out. Did Wait, you I, vomit? Uh, okay. So I, uh, made it t- <laughs> I made it up into the air. About 70% of the way I started feeling a little bit of nauseousness after we flew upside down for 15 seconds. That was that was incredible because you know you are strapped in, you got straps on your ankles, your thighs, your waist, your shoulders. I mean you're strapped in really tightly, but when you're upside down for 15 seconds flying it, who knows how fast. Um, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, uh, nauseating. So I felt a little nauseousness at that point, but I continued on with the ride. I didn't, I didn't want to give up cause it was so exciting to be doing all these. We were flying and ro- we, we rolled and we twists and we, we went in big loops, you know, like, like uh, roller coasters, but without tracks and a lot faster and a lot, uh, I guess a lot more physical sensation, I would say. But uh, at the end of the ride, when we landed, then I, I, I was like, Oh, I, I'm kind of, starting to feel a little sick here so i got my they, they do give you a little barf bag um and and uh but i will say this i did not barf okay i did not barf so that we can you know we can keep that one uh i, I don't get a red uh, check mark against me here but i i did i did start spitting you know like kind of when you get sick and you, you kind of start spitting a little bit before. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so I, I was i spit into the bag and uh had a little gag yeah. reflex, and I hope that doesn't. I hope you're not listening to this while you're
1: eating your dinner. Listen, here, here here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I just recently. Well, a lot of us recently saw Top Gun: Maverick, so I have in my head all the scenes from from that movie. I'm imagining you right now. I'm thinking of Maverick and Iceman and all of these. It makes me think, Jason. You need a nick. Do you have a flight nickname? And if not, we need to come up with one. I d- I don't have a, a call sign.
2: Uh, the, the 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 gentleman I was flying with uh, from the U.S. Navy Blue Angels of number seven, uh, Griffin Stangle. He's actually from Madison, Wisconsin. He's a hometown boy or home state boy, uh, went to Madison West and, uh, and is now with the blue angels after 10 years in the Navy. I mean, that it's like the incredibly prestigious position to be, you know, the U S Navy, U S Navy blue angels. And, uh, and, and his call sign is push pop. Push pop. <laughs> and I asked him mid flight, I said, uh, what is, uh, or I asked him a little bit later. I said, "Well, what is? Where did you get the name Pushback?" He's like, "Oh, I'll tell you later." So it wasn't something he could say <laughs> on camera. I don't know what it meant. We never actually had that conversation about what it meant. But uh, uh, my brother is in the U.S. Navy as well. He and that's if you're wondering, well, why the heck in the world did uh, did the Blue Angels pick? Fox 6's political reporter. I mean, that's kind of a weird choice, kind of kind of different. Um, well, the reason why is because my brother flies in the U.S. Navy. He, he has also been a pilot. He's a lieutenant commander, and he flies the F-35 demonstration unit. So he he flies in air shows. He will not be in the Milwaukee air and water show this weekend. The Blue Angels will. He won't, but he will be flying in the Chicago and the Oshkosh air shows this summer. So if anybody's listening to that, I know the Oshkosh one's really big for our, for our audience and for Wisconsin. So so he'll be there f- flying his f-35 there um <laughs> but uh yeah his his name his uh call sign my brother's is eight eight one one i don't have one but when we were flying i i heard the name november they were they were talking about i don't know if that means if november means north um i should check with my brother i, I don't know but uh they said we got november on board so i
1: sent november i'm the politics guy you know november Maybe election. election yeah <laughs> november on board all right call jason november kelvin
0: oh, so cool I
1: think we've just said it. All right. So, Sarah, you actually came prepared for the question, um, but that that I couldn't not talk because that's – I mean, 7.4 yeah. Gs, well, come on. Yeah, well, and
0: now i got to follow up that story. Um, and let me just say really quickly that um, during your story this morning as it aired on Wake Up, I messaged our colleague, Carl Deffenbaugh, who has also written with the Blue Angels, and I said, I can hear and feel your jealousy from all the way upstairs. So he was so pumped for you, but like – I he echoed your sentiment as, as far as like, what an experience and stuff. So anyway. And Ted Perry,
2: and Ted Perry called me yesterday. He flew with the Blue Angels as well. And he yes. was, he, he didn't, he thought he was calling me before the ride. He called me afterwards. And he was like, I just want to let you know, when they're giving you those lessons about the breathing technique, really, <laughs> really, 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 really pay attention. It's super important. Yeah. Thankfully, I paid attention. And thankfully, I, I think I did the, technique okay but uh well but you yeah, didn't
0: pass out so i didn't pass out but ted,
2: ted was yeah. really cons- you know wanted to it's, again it's an it's, we
1: need uh, a split screen of boxes of all the different fox six yeah. personalities that have done it to see what their reactions were at the highest force
0: i mean jason looked as cool as a cucumber i mean every video i'm like he's doing the breathing technique i could just see it and i'm like he looks like he's just <laughs> going for a stroll down 43 like no big deal
2: the crazy thing about it right is like i'm i'm and if and if you want I, okay the uh we've just put Kerry Dr our, our digital uh, leader here has just put uh, the full YouTube video up uh, on our on That's our uh, on, on our uh, on YouTube as well as on uh, the post on our foxsixnow.com website as well as our news app the full video of the 35 or 40 minute ride but what what uh, what I wanted to say is you know if you watch that video you'll see me like I'm doing these breathing, I'm, you know I'm taking these deep breaths I'm pushing it out I mean I'm really loud and meanwhile you know the pilot lieutenant stangle from Madison like he's just you know Whatever, That's he's normal. just,
0: yeah. he's like,
2: okay, we just reached seven, you know, we just reached seven G's, and like, I'm like, you know, like,
1: <laughs> like you know, over here, and he's, Look, he's man, just, you know, nothing. No, let's, let's face it, let's face it, nothing rattles yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Push Pop. Yeah, 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 Push Pop's the He best.
0: wants to talk about what you had for dinner last night, and what your plans are for the weekend. <laughs> You're like, don't pass out, don't pass out. Yeah, 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 Okay, I'll make this real quick. um I know Jason Kelby loves music questions, and so today's off the record <laughs> is... Um, We can either talk about the first concert you went to or the last concert you went to. So what is either the first concert or if you know both, but first and then last.
1: I'm going to tell you a little bit about both because it came up at the last concert I just went to. So I just went to the stadium tour that came to Milwaukee after being canceled twice uh, with the the 80s hair uh, stadium tour with Def Leppard, Motley Crue, um, Poison and Joan Jett, and there was an opening act that think been called Classless Act, which I think has some ties to to Vince Neil uh, from Motley Crue. In any case, big stadium tour, six and a half hours of music. It was a lot of fun. It was a long-awaited thing, and um, I got to say, some of them sounded fantastic, some not as fantastic. Joan Jett, after all these years, I think she's 61 years old, 60-something years old, looks fantastic, sounds like she did 40-plus years ago. Um, and uh, it, it was really a great show. Def Leppard sounded absolutely outstanding. Um, really, all of them were entertaining, and, and you know, it's, it's interesting to see some of these bands that continue to tour after all these years, and you wonder what they're going to have left in the tank, and, and, you know, maybe some more than others, but it was an entertaining show, but it came up while I was there. We were asking each other, what was your first concert? And I saw a bunch, strangely enough, maybe because it's 80s hair, I saw people walking around with a lot of docking t-shirts. My first concert? was Dokken and Aerosmith, way back when. Um, and that would have been when uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 had come out, Freddy Krueger, and, uh, and the theme song was Dream Warriors by Dokken. It was that tour, so that was the first time I ever went to a big uh, rock concert. How about you, Jason?
2: Uh, I I just had to look up the date because I wasn't sure when this concert was. But the first big concert, you know, in a big concert venue was uh, in the New World Music Theater, which ended up uh, working there for a couple summers as an usher and then as a security guard when I turned 18. Uh, it was uh, the, the concert was in 1994, August 13th, 1994. It was the Spin Doctors, Gin <laughs> Blossoms, and Cracker. Do, do any of those wow. names? Oh <laughs>
0: what a ticket.
2: <laughs> and so I was, I was, what, Twelve years old at that point, and uh, so that was my first big concert in a in a big concert venue, and uh, yeah, it was it was exciting. I was there with my mom and then my best friend Justin, and we we were rocking it out, you know, jumping up and down and singing along <laughs> with the songs, and it was quite an experience and kind of set the momentum for for my teenage years as going to uh, concerts and playing guitar myself.
0: That's great. Uh, mine was also in nineteen ninety four. And I went to go see at the Bradley Center. Uh, we saw Janet Jackson, and that was a really great show, if from what I can remember. My mom even—I had this to text was, my mom because this I is would,
1: before the uh, the the wardrobe malfunction days, right?
0: Very much so. Yeah, my mom actually—I had to text her because I couldn't remember if Janet Jackson or Boys to Men was my first concert, and so she she calls me, and I'm like, I'm doing very important journalism right now. And then she texted me. She still has the ticket stub. From the show, so that's how I knew it was 1994.
1: Back when um, we used to have ticket stubs instead yeah, of just right, a barcode right. on your phone, right?
0: Um, and then my last concert was, I believe, Foo Fighters uh, at where did I see them? Uh, what's the Summerfest? The Marcus, not yeah, the, the, not the, American the, the, Family the, the Insurance, no, the American. Fa-
1: yeah, I was there. Yeah, I was there. It was a great yeah, show. Yeah,
0: so that was the last one I saw a couple of years ago. So. So wonderful. But anyway, so,
1: I, let's so I, I have to tell you that the, the, uh, if you, when you say first concert, I'm thinking like first went to a big stadium kind of show. But I grew up going to Six Flags in, in St. Louis, Eureka, uh, Eureka, Missouri, actually. And they had their Old Glory Amphitheater, which faced the Screaming Eagle, which is like Chicago's American Eagle, right? Or Gurney. Um, and, and as you waited in line, there was a spot in line where you were kind of elevated and you could see the whole stage. And, and we got stuck in line one day. And I was a kid, and, and the Oak Ridge Boys were playing. And <laughs> do you remember Elvira? I heard that from up there. And so I sort of think that might have been my first concert. But at that age, I hated that song so much. <laughs> and I was forced to just watch it. And so, in, in a weird way, the Oak Ridge Boys were probably my first concert.
0: Oh, Unintentional. Kind of a bummer, though. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I, I, Jason, thank you for sharing your, your, uh, 7g story. I'm sorry. I mean, November. Thanks for sharing your story. That was, <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. I think, I
2: think my brother has to give, like officially give me the call sign. So we'll see like next time we meet okay. up. So oh, I'm, it's I'm, on like, your brother. Yeah. I think it's on my brother to give me some sort of dorky call sign or whatever. I don't know. Maybe call <laughs> Until me. he
1: does, I'm calling you November. You can call me spin doctor. How about that? Oh, spin, or spin Ooh. doctor, Gen, better than Gin Blossom, I suppose. Um, So anyway, uh, if you have a topic you would like us to discuss on open record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, please send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. Again, that is fox6investigators at fox.com. Jason, thanks for joining us and uh, for sharing your expertise. And of course, also that great story of flying with the Blue Angels. Thanks for having me on. It's great to talk to you guys. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, and executive producer Sarah Smith. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back again next week.